Welcome to the Myth, Legend and Lore podcast. Today I have a wonderful guest on the podcast. Frederick is a Nordic tribal artist from Sweden who is currently living in Scotland. Combining electronic music with traditional Scandinavian and Celtic instruments, he creates music in a narrative form to bring the listener on a story. His first album in this saga, Vesterlet, was released on the 7th of November 2018. Inspired by archetypal symbolism and the spiritual heritage of Northern Europe, through the character of Turov, Frederick tells esoteric stories of setting sail on a mythical journey. Frederick, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you very much for having me. Not at all. Firstly, I wonder if we could um, talk a little bit about the concept of Nordic tribal music and um, some of the inspiration behind Vesterled. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Nordic tribal music is something that I uh, just put a tag on, essentially, on the kind of music that I want to create. Mm-hmm. Um I'd say that, uh, concisely, that Nordic Tribal is an experimental fusion genre uh, mm-hmm. combining electronic music with traditional Northern European instruments. So I would say that it blends um, kind of electronic sounds of electronic ambient or something from neo-folk or techno dark ambient mm-hmm. uh, with traditional instruments such as uh, the baron of the Celtic culture or the Targal Harpa of Scandinavia. I have to say, when you're listening to the album, it all works so seamlessly, it really does. And the, the kind of older um, elements of the music and, you know, modern, it, it doesn't feel like there's a clashing at all. It, it really comes together so well. Thank you very much. Uh, that's, it's something that I've been working on for the last a uh, few years actually, uh, trying to find that sweet spot in between. Um, I was never of uh, trying to uh, imitate a genre or to fully uh, grasp something that, that was already there, but my mind has always been on how do I piece something together or how do I uh, weave uh, two different um, factors, mm-hmm. as it were. Uh, together and see what's new and something novel could be created. I would say that you've absolutely achieved that. Um, And I'm really looking forward to when we're going to be playing some clips today as well. So when you were writing the album, how did you approach it? Was was there a kind of visual journey for you? Yeah, so the album, just in my way of creating music, uh, was very different from how I've uh, done before, whereas before I, I I created a song or a piece of music and then I added meaning on top of it mm-hmm. afterwards. Uh, but with this album, I really had to think on what I wanted to express, what I wanted to um, to narrate or what kind of story do I want to uh, to let the audience uh, experience. Um, so my approach was that before I even wrote, a single piece of music, I had this outline of the the grander story, uh, this red thread, uh, 
for the audience and also for myself to to follow um, uh, through this album. And uh, I had a lot of influences from uh, from uh, Joseph Campbell's uh, A Hero with, with a Thousand Faces and those concepts that are uh, that he wrote about. No, no, that's that's something I'm really looking forward to discussing. I'm a big fan of that book as well, I have to say. And I think the, the reason I was kind of wondering how you can visualise the journey is often when I'm writing, I'll listen to music. It sometimes helps me to work out a character's motives or the storyline and some of my favourite scenes that I've, I've written. Um, it comes from listening to a piece of music over and over again. And when I was listening to your album, it had a really visual element for me. I think that's that's something that your audience will really appreciate as well. Yeah, music for me is very, very visual. Uh, it doesn't have to be my own music, but when I listen to a piece uh, from any type of genre, uh, I I have this tendency of uh, seeing uh, a scene um, or uh, or like a play right in front of me, and mm -hmm. uh, and that plays a huge part in the creation process of my album. Mm -hmm. Whereas the story itself for me is a very physical uh, journey. Um, whereas the character of Tulu uh, uh, goes from all goes from one place to another and in order for me to fully express that I had to I had to translate the visual imagery that I see before me into music and into sound. Oh no, it's, it's absolutely fascinating, it really is. Well I think that um, I'm actually really looking forward to how we're going to get into this discussion a little bit further and and just for the for the audience, Frederick and I thought the best way for you guys to experience Turo's journey is from not only listening to us discuss it but also to the album itself. And so without further ado, let us venture into Vesterled and the first chapter of the album is Maya Titzeldern. So Niyatid Soldan is, is where the story begins. Uh, it begins with a new awakening from a forgotten time. Uh, the chaotic conditions awaken the primordial sea. Waves are formed and new colors mixes into the monochromatic waters. Movement and possibilities emerge in the new age. So I think the, the thing that really struck me when I was listening to the, the first chapter, it really reminded me of the creation myth. But it also there was there's another story in Celtic myth as well. And it was when you were describing waves and water. And uh, that plays an essential part in one of the creation stories. So what was the inspiration for you behind this first part? My inspiration was mostly derived from the creation myth of Norse mythology. Uh, in particular, uh, the the conditions and what's being described as Gunungadap, which is uh, the gaping abyss or the vast abyss, um, where primordial uh, beings uh, exist, and it's a place of chaos. It, it's a place of um, of uh, almost to me like cosmic horror of 
H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. It's it's so vast and it's so um, strange and bizarre that you might go um, insane just by being there and looking at it and like, how do you grasp the vastness? Um, so to me, I kind of wanted to express that kind of um, that kind of uh, bubbling, uh, wavy uh, essence of what it means to hear a primordial sea. I wanted to to start the album with a sort of a sense of wonder and sort of almost a strange kind of opening where you feel like almost anything is possible from this point on. And you don't really know exactly where to go with this as an audience um, hearing this. It's like, okay, well, do you, there are so many different directions where, uh, where you can go from the primordial sea, uh, basically any, right? Mm, absolutely. Uh, so I really wanted that sense of, that sense of uh, wonder and awe uh, to be a part of my, uh, my opening in this uh, album. Yeah, I would say it's very powerful. Shall we move on to the next chapter, and that is Leaf. So Leaf is the chapter of uh, the creation of form, nature, and earth. Uh, amongst the grown trees, there are whispers in the wind, breaths that create life. Turulf inhales for the first time and falls into ecstasy. discussions um, when you told me that leaf means life and that really struck a chord with me actually and when I'm listening back to that track I can really imagine the voices or the presence of Odin and Vili and Bay and you know their actions and breathing life and essence and sight and even the appearance into the first man and woman which was asking Embla it's such a powerful part of the the track yeah, thank you. Um, that's that's exactly right. Um, the main source of inspiration in this chapter is when Odin, Vili, and Bea in the Norse mythology uh, created uh, Askanembla uh, out of uh, trees of their respective names. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to I wanted to tell the a sort of how that would actually feel like to be created and the the process of of being formed out of something and to me that process and that feeling is ecstatic it's um it's something that uh, is very very powerful my mind was so set on trying to create on how that would actually mm -hmm. feel like 
Yeah. Um, so this song is is deeply connected to the creation of a being, uh, whether that be a tree or a rock, a mountain or a human being. I wonder if we can touch on, on ecstasy just for a moment and where Turov is taking his first breath. Is he experiencing an altered state? Is he outside of his um, physical self? Exactly. Um, what I thought of when I wrote this uh, piece of music was that to be able to inhale for the first time in your life, it has to be a sort of ecstatic moment um, where you fall into an, a sort of altered state of mind. That to me uh, says that when you experience that, you fall into a sort of, um, well, you fall into ecstasy. And that word is also very deeply connected to the, uh, to the god Odin as well. Uh, where he's the god of ecstasy, he's the god of uh, of very, very um, uh, powerful emotions of being expressed quite madly sometimes, but uh, that comes with it, I think. So the next chapter that we're going to play is phase two. So phase two is where intuitive insights gets tested. Uh, before he sets sail, Turulf must find out what he knows deep within himself. Uh, his knowledge is thrown back at him, testing him in a shamanic and unforgiven manner. Shamanism is something that I find really interesting and I'm still discovering quite a lot about and we can find traces of it in the myths about Odin, um, like for example his quest for knowledge and the, um, learning the language of runes. Is Turov undergoing a challenging or possibly a grueling rite in order to learn what he needs for his journey? That's exactly right. Um, my ideas for this track was um, to to express uh, a sort of almost unforgiven um, shamanic practice. Um, uh, whereas I've always been somewhat interested in the, the process of uh, shamanism and to, to have your knowledge essentially being tested and to really think about what you know about things, about the world and, and about yourself. I think that in this song, uh, Turulf, has the need of of going almost into a cave or into the shaman hut that is outside of the uh, tribe and goes there to to perform some sort of ritual to perform some some sort of rites where he is almost um, uh, being torn apart in what he knows uh, to really get to the bottom, into the essence of what he wants and what he wants to do. 
before he actually sets out on his adventure. So is it kind of like a breaking down, a kind of way of preparation for what is to come? Exactly. The name of the song, Vester, is uh, is Icelandic and Old Norse, and it means, uh, do you know? Okay. And it's it's derived from uh, from the Hova Mål, uh, where, where Odin uh, asks uh, people, like, do you know how to send them? Do you know how to carve them? Do you know how to... And, Etc. Mm-hmm. And I took some inspiration from that poem, uh, but, but put it into a shamanic kind of uh, context. Um, and consequently, it's, it's more or less the more aggressive uh, chapter in the album. Um, but I think that it also plays into the, the concept of ecstasy, uh, where you choose to get sent into an altered state uh, mm-hmm. where everything you know gets questioned and uh, and that itself uh, can be quite unforgiven uh, but it's very shamanic in nature From when i was researching i found that shamans of many cultures use a drum and the beating allows the the shaman to achieve that altered state when listening to your album as well that beat that that drum carries on through it's almost like it's a continual kind of rite or process. I also found in Celtic myth and legend the boron was used as a battle drum um, to keep warriors in cadence and um, and also there's a brilliant piece of Scandinavian folklore on what's called the sitroma and um, so that's basically the sound of drums that supernatural beings played to aid those who were facing conflict and hearing their drums in the distance was seen as a warning or of impending battle or danger. The drum is so it's so primal really uh, once you hear uh, a beating skin drum you almost um, you almost get sent to a to an altered state already um, I think that's deeply deeply uh, uh, coded or related to us as as human beings and that's something that has been used uh, all around the world in in tribal uh, communities uh, especially in the in shamanic and, and ritual practices and it doesn't really surprise me that the boron has been used for uh, or in a warlike uh, context mm-hmm. uh, where uh, you have to get hyped up to go into battle and you have to feel that sort of um, uh, aggressiveness and being almost uh, pulled out from an individual sense and become part of this larger group become part of this larger army and uh, so you can perhaps fight fight more as a unit and if every single warrior is connected to this bottom to this uh, skin drum mm-hmm. then you all kind of share the, the same heartbeat in a way I began to think as well as um, the drum kind of resembling a heartbeat. You are a warrior and this is kind of, you know, inciting you into battle and things. You can understand why your own heartbeat would pick up to that sound as well. And then there are also some cultures who will decorate the skin of the drum and they will tell some of their myths or, or legends and the drum is actually seen as a very sacred item to them. Yeah, for sure. Um, I actually have uh, a skin drum here at home where... 
uh, where me and my friend have painted uh, a bind room. And uh, once every uh, time where we play on it, uh, it, cer it certainly adds to the, uh, to the feeling of doing so. So I can definitely relate to that. Um, another thing that I wanted to explore more uh, with Phase 2 in accordance to, um, or related to, uh, to using a skin drum, is that with this Nordic tribal uh, idea of fusing modern sounds and traditional sounds was that I used uh, a techno kick as the fundamental uh, uh, drum instrument in, in the song. Mm -hmm. And it got up and it reminded me, it reminded me of, of, uh, of a text I wrote a few years ago. Uh, before the album, where I thought of techno as the 21st century drum circle. Mm -hmm. And if you just replace the DJ uh, with a shaman, for instance, and the techno kick is a skin drum, and you see all these people standing and they're dancing and they're going into a trance-like state, and they're going somewhere uh, in their minds or in their spiritual being, uh, but I see very little, very little difference with that as if a shaman around uh, a campfire, say, and you have the tribe people dancing around, and they're all dancing, and they're going into a, uh, a trance-like state, for instance. There is something that happens to people when they are together and they hear music or a beat, or there's there's some kind of synchronicity between them all, and it's just it is quite incredible to watch. For sure, and I think that with genres like techno, um, it makes more sense, at least to me, that now I can see a clear, uh, uh, clear relation to to the ancient times uh, with the shaman and the skin drum and by the campfire. And now we have uh, nightclubs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I can see like how they're connected and that's very interesting to me. Shall we move on to the next chapter and that is Besterled. So now the journey commences. Turulf sets sail towards the unknown, seeking adventure and spiritual truths. A hymn is sung for protection from the gods that sailed before him. With strong winds and high tides, he sails west.
it's quite incredible. Every time I listen to the album, I also I kind of almost feel as if I'm getting something new from it again and learning more or kind of about the story. And certainly since we've been discussing um, mythology and some of the ideas that have inspired you, we kind of briefly touched on the archetype of the hero and Joseph Campbell. The journey that Turolf is embarking on, it might be the beginning of that, that arc, that the beginning of the adventure. Yeah, that's exactly right. What I wanted with this, with this song was uh, the the call for adventure uh, of of the archetypical hero, so to speak. The uh, the wish and the the choice to uh, to to physically move from one place to another into the unknown in order to uh, to experience new things in order to um, to test yourself or to challenge yourself um, and of course you don't really know where you're going but the the decision to actually go somewhere at least uh, is to me is is somewhat uh, is a is a decision worth being uh, celebrated or at least being uh, heard uh, so what I wanted with this song is to to really play into that, uh, into that narration of it always moves forward, uh, and a big help for me in, into thinking about that conceptually was uh, the hero's journey. I think it takes a certain amount of bravery for a hero to answer the call, and but then that that journey that he does undertake or that she undertakes. It's not without hardship or challenge. Um, there's a lot to face along the way. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that actually leads us quite nicely into the next couple of chapters where this story takes a slight turn. There's, you know, quite a lot happens from here. So the next track is Ufgalder. So new shores are found and Turulf reaches his destination. He invokes the spirits of the hunt and battle in order to celebrate his victory ceremoniously. He stomps hard into the ground, so the sound travels far and wide, making his presence known. Turul sings a howling song. I think this is another favourite of mine. I think this is just an absolutely brilliant example of how you have so seamlessly worked modern influence into this. I think is exactly how the story should be told at this point, and it really does feel like it's a progression and something new. I actually really enjoy that track a lot. Thank you very much. Um, it, it was one of the first songs I made for the album, and I think that uh, it has... It has um, I've grown to like it more and more as well, and I think this is one of the uh, one of the songs that I that I personally think that I merge the modern and the traditional sounds uh, like.
well in the album, mm-hmm. uh, where where that concept where where that concept of Nordic tribal can really be uh, heard and uh, and experienced. And in your description there, you mentioned the spirits of the hunt, and that kind of made me think about um, the wild hunt from Norse mythology, where it's ghostly entities or supernatural riders. And I guess in in Scandinavian kind of folklore, when you read about the wild hunt, it was thought that they appeared and it was a warning against, um, or to forewarn people against unrest or a time of war. I can see how that plays into the into the story here in this chapter, where Nautruf has reached a destination. He has uh, travelled over the ocean, over the seas, and reached an unknown land, and his instinct is to is to celebrate that is to go on hunting and be ready for battle he uh, he wants to run around in in the forest as of uh, a wolf pack or amongst the wolves mm-hmm. just be part of this uh, just be part of the nature of this new land because it also made me think about animal and nature worship of Norse and Celtic cultures. And I was reading the other day, in fact, about how these cultures would have seen animals and, um, you know, such as the raven, the wolf or the eagle. And they would be seen as possessing wisdom and they would therefore have been respected rather than viewed as subservient creatures. And, you know, the same with nature. It was respected. It was a primal force that could, you know, destroy just as well as it could provide for people. That's very, very interesting. Um, I haven't read so much about uh, that in particular, um, but I also, but I can add that uh, in many ancient spiritual beliefs, uh, when you go into a sort of um, altered state or a sh- or a shamanic practice, you take on the uh, the persona or the uh, the skin of an animal, and you sort of merge with. Uh, with say a bear or a horse or an elk or a wolf, and they use that uh, the energy of that particular animal uh, as a symbol uh, for you to express or to uh, to do things. Like if you want to go out to hunt, then you want to personify a, a wolf, or, or if you yeah. want to be a source of uh, justice or a, or or like a kingly man, then perhaps an elk uh, would be the one that you want to have as a spirit animal or something. It's that kind of concept or ideas that I was inspired by with this song where Ulfgalder, it literally means like the magical song of the wolf, where the galder is an ancient form of uh, magic in the Old Norse traditions. And Ulf is the Old Norse word for wolf. So I wanted to I wanted to express that part of Tulup where he is in a new place, and in order to to have, um, in order to express some sort of gratitude or to celebrate his victory, he becomes his spirit animal, and that's why he he sings this howling song in the beginning of the song. He sort of uh, becomes part of part of another aspect of his being. I know through when we were reading Norse poems and tales of the heroes, wolves do feature in a lot of the stories. I think it's, it's one of those animals where they, um, they are known to shapeshift as well, or people can can slip on their skins and become the wolf, which 
I always think is just an incredibly interesting part of the story. And when you look at it, actually, in a few different mythologies and cultures, wolves play um, a big role. And they're also seen as one of the um, beasts of battle, along with the likes of the raven and the eagle. Traditionally, that's like um, the beast of, of battle is a poetic trope. These are the animals that are traditionally accompanied warriors and um, would feast on the bodies of the slain. But that's a slightly more gruesome kind of um, part of it. But it's I think the, the idea that animals played such a significant part in people's lives is really, really interesting. Yeah, for sure. And that's also somewhat what I wanted to express with this song as well. It's like, how would that... Essentially, how, how would that sound like from a character's point of view? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I suppose that you'd have more freedom uh, when you write about it like in, in a novel or something like that. But when you do it in music, uh, uh, it's quite difficult to, uh, to express that kind of uh, transformation or that kind of animal worship, as it were, in these Norse and Celtic myths. I think that you're right, it is more difficult, but you've, you've absolutely done it, though. It really comes through in, in that particular song. So we'll move on to the next chapter, and that is Domer. Now the journey reaches a standstill. There is no longer a clear path. Turuf asked himself what happens after a journey, what lives on afterwards. He's forced to hear echoes bouncing off hard truths. Life is in dark corners as the day of death dawns. through that album there are moments where you do feel like you're quite connected to Turov but in a moment like this it feels like he's quite possibly the only person that is thinking or feeling or experiencing what's going on around about him just now it's it's a very powerful part of the track yeah um I I only realized this after I made the album but the the darkest part of this uh of this album in this story uh as is come this far um, is the uh, second last song mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't really think of that until I got every track finished and I guess it made me think a lot about where I wanted this story to go uh, and how to finish it essentially mm-hmm. uh, just in this album and you're you're very keen in, on observing that tour of uh, is the only one experiencing and observing and and, uh, and 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 feeling things in his world. Um, thus far, he's the only character uh, in this in this world, and I think that creates a sort of intimacy uh, with this character for 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 the audience, uh, where 
it's almost like they're beside him or inside his mind or just part of him. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. You really do. Um, it almost becomes quite a personal thing. Yeah, um, it's 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 the point in the story where he had achieved something. He had sailed west and he found new land and he had already um, been victorious in what he wanted to achieve. Uh, and that happened uh, in the previous chapter. So... I thought it would be interesting to find out or to explore rather what would happen after you achieve something. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would happen after you have actually been victorious? And I wanted to explore in a narrative sense what that would be like in order for me to just on a personal level, how to challenge my own way of creating a story where I could do a normal sort of um, sort of narration of him going to an adventure and having hardships and then being victorious. Uh, but what if what if he actually achieves that in the middle of the album? Mm-hmm. What would the rest of that album be like and sound like? So I wanted it to be kind of bittersweet, and this song in particular, Dumur. Uh, I wanted to to explore and to express um, what it would sound and feel like uh, like after you've done something. Uh, you might feel quite lost or you might feel quite unsure of what you want to do now um, as if you've achieved the one thing that you set out to do, but uh, essentially what happens now is there a sense of almost perhaps self-doubt or him questioning his reasons for for embarking on the journey um if, if this is all there is and i've done it what does that mean for the future or what is my legacy exactly right um it's almost like facing your own uh your own death in a way where you think that you lived a full life um, and now that you've uh, reached a point where uh, you don't you can't really see a clear path uh, then something uh, something that you've done something from your past has to let be be let go Mm -hmm. in order for you to to continue forward It made me kind of wonder about fate as well, and that played a really kind of big part in Norse mythology and in Norse belief itself. The idea that that fate is kind of predestined and um, it can't be changed and you really, you can only accept what is coming your way, but the best way to live is to live your life well. In that sense, if if the journey, if the adventure is over, what does that then mean for the rest of your life? It's... Kind of, that was one other thing that kind of crept in while I was um, thinking about it. Yeah, that's a very interesting idea to have about it, is that if you accept that your life is faded, but uh, do, you, do you still go out on adventures? Do you still uh, challenge yourself? Um, perhaps you do, and, and that's great. Uh, but what if you thought something was... Uh, was faded to you a sort of um, 
huge happening or a huge event that you were part of and and you lived through it but uh, but you didn't uh, uh, go to another realm and dine with the gods so mm-hmm. you're, you're you you sort of feel that you're stuck somewhere and uh, that's something that I want to to explore with music um, how that would essentially uh, sound like and feel like um, that sort of questioning your own fate essentially yeah it's an interesting um, idea to explore because if we are you know watching a film or we're reading a book or something like that traditionally the um, end of the movie is the end of the adventure and generally speaking most things end very well and we don't really think too much longer after that fact about what happens to the lives of everybody kind of involved and um, for me certainly as as a reader or um, listening to your album I want to know what happens next and what's the next part of the story. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, and uh I sort of uh, challenge myself as a, a as a creator uh, to to have that as the uh, as the second to last uh, chapter. Um, it's like, well, where do you go from the darkest uh, chapter if you only have one one chapter left? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I really wanted to um, to have that as a challenging part for myself as as someone who who likes to make music, essentially. Shall we move on to the last chapter, which is Rite of the Heart? Yeah, um, so Rite of the Heart, I would describe it as, imagine a half moon that shines between the trees on a freshly hunted animal. Um, The ritual commences. Uh, blood drips between Tulu's fingers and down his blade. Two crows gather and witness the heart. The forgotten past and a future promise is woven together in the present. The journey is not yet over. Whispers in the wind calls to him. Rise. This chapter, you can sense that there is an absolute shift in the story again. That was really powerful once more, my goodness. Um, so it feels like this is a real time of transformation. Yeah, um, this is essentially um, a or the part of the story where you are being reborn, uh, mm-hmm. or you have a spiritual kind of rebirth, uh, where you have gone off to an adventure and you've been victorious and you're feeling lost. And after that, uh, 
you undergo some sort of um, spiritual rebirth mm-hmm. where if if you have taken a physical journey a moving from point a to point b to point c and you experienced a lot of huge events or great happenings in your life um where would you go afterwards um so i wanted this chapter this last chapter in the Stilet to be more of a focus on the concept of going or the transition be- be- between a physical journey to a metaphysical uh, experience so if we were to to look at it and the kind of the the cycle of the hero's um, adventure i feel that there's still so much more to come that we haven't reached by any means um you know the even the midway point or towards the end of of Turo's journey yeah um I would say that this whole album is it's more of an origin story. Oh, okay. Um, in the grand um, in the grand scheme of things, um, where I really want to take this story and make more albums in the sense of moving the story forward and taking it to new realms and new dimensions where um, where I can fully. Uh, explore some some ideas that I've uh, had uh, boiling in my kettle for 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 quite some time now. Mm-hmm. Um, so this song is, to me, at least, is a transitional uh, chapter. Uh, it's sort of a cliffhanger, if you will, uh, into the into the coming albums. My goodness! And is that something that you're working on at the moment? Yeah. Uh, I started working on it uh, maybe a few weeks before I released this album. Actually, oh, wow. okay. uh, some some ideas were just um, uh, coming to me quite naturally after I finished this album, and mm-hmm. I have a I have somewhat abstract ideas of where I want to take this story and what I want to express. Um, so, see, you could see right of the heart uh, this last chapter as as the transition into the next album. Are there elements that are going to cross over? Um, are we going to kind of venture a little bit more into the shamanism and um, ecstasy again? Yeah, um, I would say that we would venture more into the esoteric and metaphysical uh, realm where if Vestalid has been a physical journey, then the next album would be more of a personal spiritual uh, experience and or journey. I take influences from Nordic shamanism, uh, but also from reading about mystical experiences and practices uh, from Hinduism or Tibetan mysticism. Um, I'm kind of trying to see what I can connect and uh, what could influence or inspire uh, my own story. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to see um, how that translates into music because those are some really interesting concepts to investigate. And I think that, you know, just from listening to what you've done with Vestaled, you can you absolutely bring that into your next um, album. And definitely something I would invite you to come back on and discuss again because it's just 
absolutely it's pretty mind-blowing when you get down to it and start talking about some of the ideas that you've got running through this thank you very much um i'll be happy to to come on in the future as well oh, that would be marvelous and so how do you how do you see nordic tribal music progressing for you um that's a good question um I would. The thing is, I'd like this term to be semi-loose. Mm-hmm. Um, I want it to be more of a more of a compass or more of a thing that that you can navigate um, through soundscapes. Um, I'd see this as more of a more more of a call for exploration rather than trying to uh, imitate or trying to uh, reproduce. Yeah. Uh, I'd much rather uh, like Nordic Tribal to be somewhat its own kind of organism or its own life uh, that you can uh, have as a inspiration in terms of how to weave different sounds together or how to think about uh, how to use a toggle harpa uh, in a modern sense or in a in a different sense that it, than it has already been uh, been used for, um, and just trying to let it inspire uh, to create something new out of out of something old, essentially. From reading some of the reviews on on Bandcamp website, people are really really interested in what you're doing, and it's striking a chord as well. And so that is an incredibly rewarding thing when you know that something that you've created is touching people. For sure. Uh, it's It's gone over expectations, uh, this whole album launch. Um, I essentially didn't have any expectations um, when I released it. Uh, by the time that I uh, just clicked upload, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, whew, now I can finally relax you know it's been a year um i can finally uh, think of some other projects uh and like where to take this next yeah uh, but i could never imagine uh the amount of um interest and the positive feedback that i got from it it's it's deeply deeply uh, uh heartwarming to 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 read all the comments to see uh what people get from the music and uh, sometimes it's very spot on what, what people say mm-hmm. uh, that it's actually quite amazing to 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 read. I think sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming as well. It's just it's such a, an incredible feeling to know that you have finished that project and you hope you think, OK, I can sit down and I can breathe for a little bit. That sometimes doesn't really happen, though. It just seems to snowball and it becomes something else. I find when it's a creative endeavour, um, it never truly ever stops. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the most scariest part is right before you publish something or you release something. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you know every little nook and cranny of, yeah. uh, of what you've written or what you've made. And you can see all the uh, all the positive, but also all the negative uh, aspects of it. And as as a creator, you feel like okay, well, um, perhaps people will see more of the negative things that you see as well. Uh, but that's just a threshold that you just have to get over and just to release it. And once you do that, it sort of stops stops being your your, your own uh, thing. 
that you almost hoard yeah. in the end, uh, and you just have to uh, have to release it oh. <laughs> into the wild. <laughs> Absolutely, let it loose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have to be honest. I, I do. Um, I, I find the same. When I'm writing, um, you create these worlds and these characters. You give them thoughts and feelings and emotions and storylines and everything like that. And then you need to know where to draw the line and telling everybody everything about the character and, and just letting them use their imaginations as well. It's, it's an important part of the process too. For sure, for sure. Um, and it actually reminds me of something that my brother told me um, a month after I I released the album when I told um, him essentially uh, what I've been talking about now mm-hmm. about what each each chapter uh, is about and the story behind it and and the meanings and he said well I think that you've released half of your album and the other half is this story that you have um, and perhaps it would be interesting also to talk about and to release in some form, uh, that other half of the album. Well, that that would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, I'm in. The, I'm thinking about how to how to do that uh, how to do that best, essentially. But it's uh, it's opportunities like this, like coming onto your show and uh, asking me questions and uh, having a discussion about it, that lets me open up about yes. uh, the story. And I I'm truly thankful for that. Not at all. I have to say it's been an absolute pleasure, Frederick. I know what it's like to appear on podcasts and there's, you know, the nerves beforehand and things, but there's also that sense of excitement that you're going to be talking about something and discovering another person's ideas and things. And for me, that's always the, the most exciting part of, of any podcast, especially when it's a shared um, topic where you have interests that are, you know, relatively the same, that there's some common element that you can draw from. And today's certainly been fantastic. I really can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, I'll gladly be back on if you like me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, one last thing before we go. I would just, any links at all to websites or ways to get in contact with you so that the audience can go and find your album and, you know, download it for themselves and listen at home. Yeah, for sure. Um, so in order to... Uh, to download the album, uh, it's available for purchasing on Bandcamp. Uh, and that's a good way of supporting uh, my work. And and all that money uh, goes directly to the budget for my next album as well. So uh, the, the, uh, uh, the other thing would be I'm on Twitter uh, and I'm on Instagram and on YouTube as well. And you can listen to all of the songs and uh, and uh, all of the albums and some other songs as well that are not on the album on Twitter and on YouTube and Spotify. And I will include the links to um, the various uh, social media accounts and Bandcamp at the end of the episode in the description as well. So uh, they will take you directly to the various places that Fredericks mentioned. Usually um, with an episode, I'll finish with a piece of myth, legend or lore. But today we're going to do something a little bit different. And um, we're going to conclude this episode with a chapter from Vesterled. And I have to admit, this chapter is an absolute favourite of mine. And I couldn't have been happier when Frederick suggested that we play Liv. 
thank you for joining me in the podcast today. As always, you can get in touch via Twitter at Laura Myth or email mlegendlore at gmail.com. I'm Siobhan Clark and this is the Myth, Legends and Lore podcast.